Welcome back to Owned and Operated. Today, I have Jack Carr on with us. Jack Carr, I'm pretty excited about. We've gotten to know each other recently, and he's going to be joining me as the co-host here on Owned and Operated, and we're going to be going a little bit a little bit of a new direction. So welcome, Jack. Appreciate it, John. So I think that there's a huge opportunity for podcasts and specifically media in general that revolves around the trade industry. There's not... There's not a lot out there that focus on trades and service in a residential or commercial standpoint. And so I think having some information out there that will kind of bring it to the forefront will be fun. It'll be fun and it'll it'll provide a lot of value for all of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. No, this will be cool. Well, we're going to spend this first episode with Jack, just getting to know him a little bit more, his company a little bit, diving into his history. That way we get an idea where you're coming from. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you give us the, like the, the minute primer on Jack Carr? Okay. There's, there's, you know, I've, I've, I've always lived my life around doing some kind of crazy or strange things. And so there's so, there's so many good topics I want to touch on, but I'll, I'll go fast. So I started uh, my career in, in facilities maintenance and engineering for uh, fortune 500 companies like Frito-Lay, PepsiCo, kind of really big operations running a lot of their, their service lines. Um, and after a time I got really tired of that. Uh, it was that your typical, um, kind of corporate job, great experience, but uh, not for me. And so I ended up heading up to the Napa Valley, California, took a huge pay cut, uh, to, instead of run fortune 500, uh, engineering and facilities departments run, uh, wineries, uh, winery maintenance, winery facility, winery engineering, and started off at the bottom as a supervisor and moved my way all the way up eventually into the operations director for different portfolios, managing everything that wasn't specifically winemaking and winemaking process for nine different wineries. Um, from there, I always have an itch to keep, uh, as many of you probably do as well, to keep trying things and to keep building and, and to that entrepreneurial spirit, if you will. And uh, I had a failed venture actually making wine, which is a great story we might get into. But in addition to that failed venture, also had a Bitcoin mining farm that we ended up selling in 2021 for late 2020 for um, a great deal, as you can imagine, kind of on the swing of things as well as uh, started a small mobile maintenance company for agricultural equipment in the Valley uh, and built that up to three trucks, sold that. And then at that time, it was about mid 2020. Uh, my wife and I said, let's go travel the country, uh, kind of COVID being the big push on that. Uh, we bought a 40 foot trailer, decked it out, got a uh, F-250, long bed, double cab, the whole nine, me, her, and my son. And on the day we were going to leave, my wife comes up to me and says, Jack, this is pre-HVAC Jack, by the way. Uh, she goes, I'm pregnant. And I go, oh, okay, that's fine. Well, it wasn't the exact time we wanted, but we were planning on having another one in the future. And so we, we do about two months where we get four or five states under our belt. And she says, I'm going to go handle this ultrasound alone. She comes back and she goes, oh, it's, it's twins. So we don't have twins in our family on either side. I just went from a family of three to a family of five real quick. And so I said, hey, let's, let's take the time. 
settle in somewhere, nest a bit, and we'll start kind of life again. And so I'm always very risk adverse for being an entrepreneur, which is an interesting kind of dichotomy. But with that, I decided, hey, I want, I don't want something that if there's a recession in any way, shape or form, that's going to hurt us as you know, bankrupt us. And so I said, the trades, I have a trade background. I mean, I've, I've done everything from electrical, plumbing, HVAC while doing um, facilities maintenance. And so we were looking at trades. I almost bought a appliance company, appliance repair company here, uh, almost bought a commercial HVAC company, and then ended up finding a residential HVAC company here in Nashville, Tennessee. So we ended up in, in Nashville and we've been running Rapid Response ever since, which is a residential heating and cooling company. Um, your basic residential company, we're gonna do hopefully about 1.5 this year in gross. Uh, we've been tucking in small businesses here and there. We've tucked in two. And we're going to potentially look at buying some other uh, horizontal integration, uh, other companies that you and I've talked about off offline that um, will be interesting. So more to come. Yeah. Um, so when, when did you buy, like you gave me the history. What was the year timeline that you bought the HVAC company? So we had an extremely quick close. Um, I went ahead in April of 2022, uh, put in my LOI. We were closed within 60 days in July 13th, on July 13th. Um, I filled up a U-Haul, drove everything out here on July 12th, moved everything in on July, the night of July 12th, and then uh, started July 13th. So it was real quick. And then we've been running it ever since um, with some great booms to the business. I mean, we, we, I think December, we had like 300% year over year growth, just crazy growth. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. been, it's been a wonderful experience so far. That's great. So with, um, what, what was the financing source? So we did SBA, uh, just typical, I think the only, the only kind of weird, uh, creative financing that we did with the SBA was, uh, a little bit of a seller note, um, but we got a really good deal on it. I think we paid 2.4 X. And um, so we're having, we paid 2.4 X and uh, it was a, it was a decent deal. And we've done some yeah. much better deals since, but for a nice platform company it is, it was on the smaller side. There were uh, three employees, two out of three have already quit. Um, it was definitely an, an interesting buying experience and, you know, we, we in the industry and, and on SMB Twitter and everything like that talk a lot about how you really want to buy with a million dollars in EBITDA and all this kind of stuff. Well, we did the exact opposite. We bought at about 280,000 in EBITDA. Um, but with my background, I was able to jump in and hire quickly and run calls that uh, needed to be ran. Now I don't run calls oh, so anymore. You, you as much. have a technical background, like you oh, can, you can touch stuff. Yeah, there was about two months where I was running as the owner and as an operator and as a tech. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, it was it was really bad luck. So the the old owner didn't didn't do the normal thing of waiting until close to tell his employees and tell everybody. So he actually told 
the parts warehouse prior to closing the, the parts people. The parts people told his employees before he told them, and it left a pretty sour taste in their mouth on transition. So we lost, like I said, two, two out of three on, on transition. Um, so just real bad luck. And so it, that's a quick tip is if you have a seller, make sure he's not telling anybody prior to close. Uh, you want to be the first one to be there and, and reassure employees that, hey, I'm going to come in. I'm not going to change anything all that quickly. Your pay is all going to be the same or better. You know, just the normal stuff that most transitions uh, do. Mm-hmm. All right. So you took it over. What happened after? Like, well, you had to hire people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So right away I took over um, day one, one guy quit. I didn't even get to talk to him. Nothing. He wouldn't Sweet. return my calls, wouldn't do anything. So we were running a man short right in, by the way, this is July. So we're yeah, right, we're in busy time. season. <laughs> Luckily the owner, the old owner was a tech as well. And I had a month with him, uh, at, you know, working on the business uh, transition. So he was actually able to jump in as well. Uh, it was a, it, it was really convenient in the sense that he knows HVAC. He's been running this business. He's been owner operating. So he was able to act as a tech in the meantime. And then about two out of those three weeks in, I realized that this business isn't all that his business specifically, not HVAC in general, but his business wasn't all that complicated. I learned the systems that he had in place. I knew what I was going to change. Um, I ran as a tech. I kept him on running as a tech uh, as well and just paid him a little bit commission on, on sales and service. Uh, and then a week after that, he was out. But in that intermediate time, I was already hiring. So we, we ended up getting someone, I think, a week after he left. And then shortly after, I think, once again, another wonderful story of um, having employees. I had an employee uh, drop my van off two hours away and quit um, Mm -hmm. a few weeks later after that. So it's been a whirlwind, especially the hiring side. Uh, We've got a good team now. Uh, I have three techs total, um, a CSR and two VAs who run kind of after our calls uh, and I mean, they do CSR work at nights and weekends, and then they also kind of do warranty work and they, they do some stuff for my other acquisitions. They just kind of are all around catch all when it's, cause we don't get that many calls overnight. So they have a little bit extra time. Yeah. All right. So it had three techs when you bought it. Yep. Most of them are not there, but you're back up to three techs. Correct. And it's allowed me to move back into a position where I can focus on looking at acquisitions of smaller, smaller businesses. Yeah. So you said you did a couple of these uh, tucks, but like, what did they add? Did, they, did any of them add text or was it mainly just a phone number or what was the goal? Yeah. So one of our, one of our acquisitions, when we had two texts, we actually were able to pick up the third tech from the acquisition. We let one of them go. We picked up the better one. Um, he, he was fit, fit right in with the team. It was amazing. So he's been wonderful. We've been one of my favorite employees to work with, but mostly we were just picking up their phone number, the, the, the uh, list of people. There wasn't really any, uh, excuse me, not people, um, clients. Mm-hmm. There wasn't too much. There wasn't too many assets on the books. I think we got a van out of one of them, which we, we flipped. We didn't even keep that van. Um, high mileage type of deal. And then one of the, the first acquisition was um, 
gross, it came in at around 600,000 and net was, his books weren't the greatest. His, I mean, gross is easy to, to find and calculate, but the net side wasn't uh, just because he didn't track expenses all that well. Um, small owner operator type deal with one, one or two helpers. And uh, so you could, you could estimate 30 to maybe 20 to 30% margins on that. So he was probably somewhere in the hundred to 200,000 net range. Uh, we picked that up for $12,000. Mm-hmm. So it was a great buy. Um, he was moving out to Maine and it was the day before he was moving. So I need to, I need to offload this Jack. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do with it. I don't, my, he was, what was nice was he was more worried about his customers, right? Not them not having a place to call and them not having a place to go, uh, warranty issues, things like that. So, so that's why we got it so cheap. Um, and he's, he's been a great, you know, trend owner to transition with, honestly. Um, and then the other one was a small, really small, uh, 211,000, uh, gross about 30 net. And we picked that up for just under one X of net and that no people, no acquisition, no vehicles. Mm-hmm. There were some tools he wanted to offload, but really we just wanted the phone number and the 268 clients or so that he had. Yeah. So when you're thinking about these tuck-ins, um, you bought it at, you were guys were 1.2 or three, and then you added 800,000. Correct. How, how are you thinking about like revenue generation? Cause it, Add it all together, you should be in the twos, but since you're not bringing over people or anything like that, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, the expectation is we actually underwrite all these at like 50%. So if we lose 50% of the clients, especially on the smaller owner-operator deals, a lot of people like working with owner-operators versus big companies because they feel like they have their guy, right? It's, this is the guy I call, it's his personal number, you know, it's, it's that kind of deal. And so we expect to lose customers, not all of them, maybe 50%. Um, so far on these two, we've only lost maybe 18 on the first one and 22-ish on the second one. Um, we try to incentivize them to stay along with free maintenances and whatnot. And then the idea is that if we, we keep that 50%, like you said, 800,000, we're expecting maybe 400,000 um, in additional revenue that comes in. And so that would put us about 1.5, 1.6. If anything more, you know, that's great. But we, we try to underwrite it and pay these people based on that. Um, the best part of it, though, is, is there's very little competition. Um, all the private equity firms, they're not looking at, you know, Joe Schmo in a van who does $211,000 a year. They, they want the 1 million EBITDA companies that everyone else is buying for. Mm-hmm. So when you're taking them over, are, are you integrating... Like, are you downloading their stuff into yours, merging yeah. databases? Yeah, it's mostly, they, they mostly have QuickBooks. That's what we find is a lot of QuickBooks. Um, and that's pretty easy to transfer over. Uh, everything else is pen and paper. Uh, I, I draw a parallel to kind of some of these guys doing, you know, storage rollups, right? They go to these mom and pop storage rollups who are still doing fax machine type stuff. Um, we're doing the same thing. We're just going to the guys who they have a phone number, they have pen and paper, they do invoices on pen and paper. And then we integrate their clients into our system. We're calling them, we're texting them, we're emailing them. And we're finding that most of the time they have a really good response rate. They, they like the additional um, attention they're getting 
additional reminders that, hey, you know, your, your HVAC unit's kind of like a car um, in the sense that it needs to be maintained. And a lot of homeowners don't look at it like that. They just think it, of it like a door or something else or a window where you set it and forget it. But we try to remind them, hey, it's a mechanical piece. It needs maintenance. It needs its oil change, if you will, mm -hmm. um, every couple months. And uh, yeah, it's been it, it's really been a good experience. We're, we're still chopping at that block. We're going to keep chopping at that block. It does break our systems every time, but not as bad as buying in a, an equal size business to what we have. Yeah. Why? Like, why do you think an equal size business would break it? Uh, I mean, I think that just if we were to bring on another four techs and to bring on an additional thousand customers versus 200 customers or so, I think that trying to line everything up and get them to work on our databases and, and our systems. So we aren't using service Titan just yet. We're, we're going to switch over eventually, um, but we do have a very, I've used service Titan in the past. So I, I like it. It's, it's streamlined. It's great. But we, at this point, due to, to the initial costs of startup, well, not startup, but purchase and then trying to line the business out, um, stabilize it. Uh, we haven't switched over yet. And because of that, we use a series of inefficient systems that work together, but are still not, not streamlined just yet. Mm. Okay. So we, also, we also do some other kind of quirky stuff. Like we have a small shop that we work out of, but most of what we work out of are a series of storage units, for example. So we have strategically placed storage units that carry parts, pieces, uh, have a small inventory that then shows up on Google Drive and is um, maintained by the VAs. So it's stuff like that, where if you added another four or five people going into those storage units in, in different locations constantly, and they're forgetting to update the VAs with inventory or things of that nature, I think that a lot of this would fall apart pretty quickly, um, truly break the system to a point where we would actually have to figure out something else. Um, so that, that's one of the good examples, I think, that would come first. Yeah. What, was the storage unit idea, was that in the business when you bought it or did you add that? No, I added it. I was tired of having my, my text run 40 minutes up to Nashville and 40 minutes back down for a capacitor. You know, it's a $12, $14, $18 part, whatever it may be. Um, it drives me crazy uh, to have to either order it in, potentially lose the customer waiting a day, two days for that part to get in and then schedule them again. It just felt like a lot of touches versus if the techs so were you're able- you're rural then, like your headquarters is rural. Not necessarily. So our headquarters is 30 minutes south of Nashville. Um most of our clients are in Brentwood, Franklin, Williamson County area. Um, but uh, the problem is that all the parts warehouses are in Nashville. And mm -hmm. so it's not that we're rural. It's just that the parts warehouses are all centrally located in pretty much one spot, 30 minutes north or 30 minutes south. Mm -hmm. So it, it takes an, an hour to grab these small parts and pieces versus us keeping them regularly stocked and letting us know when they use it. And then at the end of the day, they come back in, grab two or three uh, of whatever they, they've used or need, and they should be fine for the next day or so until they need to stop by the warehouses again. 
so you're you're th- i'm looking at google maps i'm like mm-hmm. i'm like let's I'm, yeah I'm, I'm curious i'm this is interesting so like you're in brentwood all right i see that so what's 30 minutes south so in lower franklin there okay. is a small it's a small subsect of you know ferguson um a parts warehouse but it's like the smaller version of it so they don't generally have everything all the time mm-hmm. and there's another one in murfreesboro which is 45 minutes south yeah and then north kind of right at the very south end of the city of nashville is where pretty much all the rest of the parts warehouses are okay is franklin or murfreesboro thompson station like are these population hubs or are they like not really not really. Uh, Franklin is, Brentwood is, um, Nolensville to the, to the east of it is, but every, if you go really south towards Spring Hill and that Thompson Station area, the population drops dramatically. So are, are most of your customers, would you consider them a part of Nashville? Like Nashville proper? Yeah, I mean, there's a dividing line between Davidson County and Williamson County. Um, we like to say we're, we're primarily Williamson County. So one of, one of the main reasons I purchased this business in particular was they had no website, they had no advertising, no marketing, uh, yet they were still coming up on number one for Google um, SEO, but not like top of page, but top of that contractor section. So when you were in Brentwood searching for you know, cooling or heating uh, needs, we were the number one, uh, which was great because all we had to do was go and add LSA and then actually build a website and start trying to, to get onto page one, which um, shout out to Dan Wolf. Uh, we, we've gotten onto page one with a few keywords already. So it's, it's been really helpful in, in driving traffic. Yeah. But to you, answer your you question, have sorry, a, long, well, long right. story short, I, I think you have like an interesting um so we were the we were the same like we're in Akron and then and Akron is like a somewhat it's not small uh like our county is like 800,000 population which is apparently about the size of Nashville I looked it up um but we're 30 minutes south of Cleveland and that was always like there was always a big dividing line but like Cleveland's population is like 3.2 million. Mm-hmm. So for us, it, it became like a strategic plan to eventually transition as much up to Cleveland as possible. Cause frankly, there's just, you know, four times the population, like we could just do more. So I, I don't know. I I've talked to, or I've looked at a lot of deals just all over Ohio. And I always think it's interesting. These like the, companies that are 20 or 30 minutes from like a population hub, but they don't serve the population hub. And I'm always like, that's, you're like, you're perfectly positioned (laughs) to serve a huge hub (laughs) with, and if you're more rural, then you probably have a greater workforce. Like, you know, there's more going on there. So do you guys think you'll eventually start taking down Nashville? Yeah. So we take, I mean, we have, I'd say our, our split right is probably 80 percent williamson county 20 percent nashville so it's not that we don't go after nashville uh it i I, the question for you is would you prefer to be a big fish in a small pond or small pond or a 
small fish in a big pond. Small and, fish for sure. Yeah. And so that's where it comes down to is we're, we're in Williamson County and kind of South of Williamson County. We are fighting other small fish right now versus if we tried to go and push into Nashville or you tried to push into Cleveland, um, you run into, Hey, we're, we're going up against companies. The governor, I think of the state owns a HVAC company in Nashville. And I mean, their, their marketing budget is probably bigger than our gross revenue, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're all, they're plastered across everything. All the billboards up there are all HVAC companies. You start to move away from that. I think there's a good balance of, hey, we're right on the border. We can serve them. But right now our focus really is kind of our county, our area. Um, what what our, our strategy has been is all the companies that we have purchased are east of us. So they're... I don't think they're Williamson County. I think they're technically Davidson County, Nashville area. Um, but they're across this, I guess there's two parallel freeways and there's this big expanse of uh, rural county roads. And then on the other side of that is uh, a few more cities. That's Murfreesboro, Laverne, uh, Antioch. And so the two companies that we've purchased are actually over there. And so what we're trying to do is instead of expand vertically into Nashville. We're expanding horizontally um, across and taking all those customers. Um, So I think the move for us is to just continue in that area until, until we really feel like we're, we're not, um, until we really feel like we're not able to pick up any more customers or any more businesses. And then, then we will. Um, But for the, for the moment being, it's been a really good uh, accelerated way to, to, to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The governor owns an HVAC company there. Oh yeah, yeah. That's governor. Like, what's the what's the name? It's Lee Company. So there, there's about I would say four or five thirty million plus companies in Nashville that are all, you know, they're in our area too, but primarily Nashville is where they do a lot of their work. Um, Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow, they do. They're I'm on their website, and it's like we do it all, and they do do it all. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they, they, they do they way do too everything. much stuff. They have like yeah. painting and remodeling and mm-hmm. appliance repair. Jesus, somebody was distracted. I, I wonder. Uh, and then they have a commercial facility division. Oh my god! Like, why? Why did they do all this? This is so confusing. Apparently they work on at like escalators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you should see need, the back of their trucks. What would they need to do that for? They have on the back of their trucks, they have to write in such small fine print because they have all of those <laughs> items yeah. on there just across the bed of the truck and it takes up the entire thing. It's absolutely wonderful. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. But, I see that now. Yeah. I wonder but, um, what the goal was. Huh. You know, I don't know, but they, they do have market share. So I don't know if they were one of the first in the area or, or how it was. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, I'm a, I'm a transplant. So I don't know how that progression happened. But apparently yeah. that, that Lee Company, Hiller, and now we have some other big, big kind of PE-backed firms moving into the area. Cool Ray has slapped up probably 40, 50 billboards recently. And they've been expanding like, like nobody's business. So we, we, like I said, we stay away and it fits our business really well. Once we get 
bigger, we might expand as well into kind of those auxiliary trades, like mm -hmm. or not maybe not auxiliary, but beneficial plumbing, electrical. Once you once you start getting the licenses in Tennessee to it, they kind of all uh, work together, right? So you can get the the HVAC license, which we is what we have, but it's a really easy test to get the HVAC and plumbing license, right? And then you have to get the electrical license to do installations here in Texas or in Tennessee. And so we end up getting all three of our needs met by just doing normal HVAC work. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. All right, so you're going to keep doing tuck-ins. You're going to keep moving east, sort of like, which is just south of, uh, of Nashville here. Um, cool. So what else have you implemented? You added warehouses, uh, these sub warehouse things, website, Google, LSA. what else, what else did you start adding in? Yeah. So, I mean, the VAs were a huge one. Um, they've been able to free up a ton of time, uh, for us, it's actually made us a 24 seven outfit in the sense that we have people answering the phones 24 seven, which mm -hmm. has been huge. I mean, the, the customer's that they're not, as I mentioned, there's not a ton of them that call at night, but the ones that do call at night and are able to talk to someone or get a hold of someone that says, Hey, do X, Y, and Z for now. We'll get back to you in the morning or we'll get someone out there tonight. If it's an emergency, those customers end up for the most part being really sticky customers. They stay with us for a long time. A lot of trust is built almost instantly there because it, it can get pretty busy here in summer. I mean, we have 90 degree weeks with 90% humidity and, and it's, yeah. it's brutal. And so when your, your AC goes out, you really need someone there, especially with, if you have small kids in your house or whatever the case may be. Um, so that, that's been huge for us. Uh, the other big thing we've added that's grown the business is, oh, I just had it to my tongue. SEO, I said, uh, we'll cut this part. Keep, keep this part for sure yeah right this is me blanking on what i just had something oh goodness cool. me well i mean we did full rebranding which was huge in my opinion yeah um, well the trucks look great i saw those like on on the googs yeah they look great we're actually getting so that's the last part that's where we don't run those the those green trucks anymore actually all right so. what do you got now so it's just a different, so I was looking at the back of that truck and, and there's the, the HVAC gauges and it's a little See guy that. and he's, he's doing his dance, but the average individual homeowner doesn't know what an HVAC gauge is, doesn't know what that means, doesn't know yeah. anything. So we've switched to that same idea, but just a fan. So it's a fan as a person. Um, nice. Blue, kind of the typical blue, red, white, um, change the logo. So we, we've really pushed that. And that's been, that's been huge. Actually, I got one of the cards over here. So you can see. Yeah, that looks pretty good. That looks yeah, pretty good. So it's, it's changed the websites like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that rebranding has been a big win. Uh, we found that customers have really, really enjoyed that. Uh, and then on top of that, just some stylistic changes to the business where we really focus on service first versus the old owner was a really heavy sales first type individual and it rubbed people the wrong way. And we've had to recover our Google reviews, but we've got them up from about 4.5 to 4.8 with an additional, I want to say 70 or 80 reviews in the past uh, seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're, when you were at the 
was it at the winery or was it at the Fortune 500? Wait, where were you getting into facilities maintenance prior where you touched HVAC? So that's a great question. It was mostly at wineries. So at wineries, one of the key aspects to wine is keeping it at the right temperature. And that's why you have the wine caves and you have just really heavy emphasis on HVAC. Mm-hmm. It's, it's commercial, don't get me wrong. But I mean, I think at one point in my portfolio, we had $172 million worth of wine under cooling at any point in time. Yeah. So if you, if you lose a, you know, a chiller, uh, I, I was in a lot of trouble. So we had a mm-hmm. great preventative maintenance program. But the key to that and why I was able to jump into this business and become a tech almost instantaneously if I need to be was the key was the refrigeration theory. I was able to pick that up because of my history with refrigeration. Um, it all works the same. There's some different aspects, but residential is, is fairly sim- more simple than commercial at that level. So yeah. there, there's about you know, 15, 16 moving parts, maybe in the residential HVAC unit versus 150 mm-hmm. in a commercial unit. So that's a lot less stress. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. All right. So you were able to jump in pretty quick from that. That's cool. So, I mean, my EPA, you know, 608, which you have to get when, if you want to be a tech, but also SBA requires it. I mean, it was a breeze. The the CMC-C, which is the the contractor's license we passed the first time. I mean, it's been very beneficial. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I get the question a lot like, Hey Jack, I want to buy an HVAC company. How did you get around all that? And the, the real answer is I didn't, I just, yeah. I have a small history with it. And so it was, you know, really beneficial moving into this role um, and buying this type of business. Yeah. I get that question all the time too. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I have the licenses. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> just pull yeah. the trigger. The, the only nice thing I will say about Tennessee, and, and if you're listening to this and you want to buy an HVAC company and you don't have the history with it, that's um, not it's not a, you know, don't pass go, don't collect $200 moment. It's just a take a step back. I'd first go to your, you know, your state of wherever you're buying. I'd look at the regulation. There's lots of loopholes. There's lots of, I don't know what the word is for it, but there's lots of opportunity when you're reading those regulations to be able to move into a position where you still can buy that company. You still can take over the license or buy the license or um, even take, you know, take the test yourself. But there are some states that require, you know, two, three, five, eight years of experience to get those. And and that's where I would, um, that's where I would tread, tread carefully. Tennessee is not one of those states. You know, we were able to come in, we had a 90 day, time frame where I had to, you know, figure it out if I wanted to bid above a certain level. And we did. So I did, but if you, it's one of the hard parts about Tennessee HVAC is if you're under a certain threshold, you actually, and in certain counties, you don't actually have to have a license. So that's why I always say start at, at your state's licensing kind of website first, because there are those small loopholes that allow you to buy in certain areas at certain sizes. Yeah. What's the goal for the business? Like, what do you, what's the next big thing that you're like, hell yeah, let's do this. Right now. My goal is, is to get the HVAC company to 3 million gross and then open up a plumbing side. I mean, it seems that all my 
connections in HVAC, they say, hold up until you get to 3 million revenue, and then you can move into plumbing. But I mean, plumbing is a gorgeous business too. If, if the right tuck-in came along, it wouldn't technically be a tuck-in, but if the right plumbing business came along, I'd buy it in a heartbeat and merge mm -hmm. the two. Yeah. That sounds like a good goal. I love plumbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it Maybe a drains company. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Cool. Um, how about we spend a couple minutes talking about what we're hoping to do here with the show um, and maybe give a, a couple ideas. Does that sound like a yeah, let's good do that. place to go? Yeah. Okay. So Jack, uh, so this started because you threw out a tweet. Yeah, I threw out a tweet asking, uh, essentially the point was I was trying to find a media company that's been running in this space that's really palatable to the average person who's trying to get into this field. Um, there's not much information outside of Twitter on anybody who, right, you have, you have the hustle, you have all these, these entrepreneurial spirited podcasts and media companies that really focus on tech or on internet businesses, but there's nothing out there, in my opinion, that, that focuses around the trades and specifically services. There is a ton of really fun service companies that, you know, I've run into when I'm searching for businesses to buy all the time that I would just, I'd love to own, but I, you know, I have focus. And so the, this is a bit of an outlet for me to, to enjoy those businesses and dig into kind of just service and trades and, and things that I necessarily can't own, but want to know more about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What interested yeah, we, you about that? Um, we've been like, we took a break from owned and operated last year. Life got busy. We had hold co-conf. We had a bunch of other things going on. Um, and I started thinking about, Hey, we should come back. We should come back online, but I really want to focus on, services. It, it was sort of the same thing. Like I think I felt like it would be more interesting to hone in uh, at the time it was more focused on home services, but I just think, I don't know, like, like you said, there's, there's a lot of fun, different things to talk about. And when, when we first started talking about bringing it back, we were like, Hey, what if, what if we talked about deals or what if we talked about launching them or what if we did launch one? And then just like talked about how it was going. <laughs> that would and be fun. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I have extra time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like no problem. Let's just launch a quick mm -hmm. service company. Um, but yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to like really hone in. So yeah, tweet resonated with me. I'm glad that we're, we're going to be able to do this. I think this should be, uh, I think this should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so what, for the listeners, what do you view some of these episodes? What are they going to get out of it? I think what we're hoping for is uh, like excitement. I think that, that that's like it's sort of a simple joy, right? I think it's fun to brainstorm uh, business ideas in B2B or B2C services. I think that's fun. I think it's interesting to dive into models that you haven't heard of, like niche stuff. Like uh, I, I shared this one with you, but I, in Cleveland last year, there was like a, airplane propeller cleaning company mm -hmm. that thing was wild <laughs> like net margins were like 70 percent. like it was it was absolutely crazy um and i think that there's just like a like a man that's cool how do i know more about that uh 
so hopefully we create excitement and hopefully we we give people good information and they do something with it either launch something buy something or uh share their their history with some crazy ass service with us yeah and then and then throughout that hopefully we can uh if we have enough excitement about around certain topics we can bring actual operators in interview them mm-hmm. and uh, see, see what it's actually like running that business, right? Because there, that's that's the ongoing joke. Is it's one thing to to fantasize about running these businesses, yeah. and it's another thing to actually run them and, and the pitfalls and and the daily that you have to run into. So I'm I'm really excited. I mean, this that was I think some of the excitement that's a, revolves around searching and searchers and all this kind of stuff is is this excitement of looking at deals and the potential. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of education too. Right on on exactly what is going to stem from that and, and how these businesses are run and, and having people explain. Yeah, no, I think so too. This is going to be fun. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, follow along with what you're doing, where can they find you? Twitter is the best space. HVAC Jack. Uh, it rhymes. It's great. It's a great handle. I'm building yeah. that personal brand here. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I, I think uh, Gray Grifford, uh, he had his buddy drink a bottle of wine last night and just unsolicited send me that jingle that I was asking for. And it is the funniest thing. We got, I have to figure out how to post it somewhere because it, it's all about HVAC Jack and, and heating, yeah. heating and cooling your house. I'm going, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. But HVAC Jack on Twitter, um, the other spot that potential searchers can reach me at is goldramventures.com. Uh, ran this for a little while. It's still active. Um, still have a few um, investments and, and some capital left. Uh, but really, we're we're putting capital towards uh, searchers and, and startup acquisitions that are in the services industry. And my email is on there, my direct email. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, Jack. I'm looking forward to jumping on this with you. And next episode will be next week, I guess. Awesome. All right. I'll see you then.